in a world where we are so divided, so polarized, one organization is proactively working to bring unity. That organization is the Kingdom Group International, and I'm Elmo Winters, host of our live podcast, Building the Bridge. Join me as we build the bridge together that will unite us all. I'm excited today that we are spotlighting a very special bridge builder. A young man I have grown to love and appreciate, and I believe you will too. We're talking about Carlin Charleston of the Erase Race Organization, the American Unity Movement. Welcome, Carlin. Glad to be here with you. Build the bridge. Man, we're excited to have you, and uh, there's so much we could talk about. I'm not going to take all day long to talk about all I'd like to, but I just want the people that are listening to get to know who you are and learn why we are connected and what we're doing together. So my first question for you is a simple one, and that is, who is Carlin Charleston? Yeah, you always ask the simple ones. You say they're simple. That's a hard one to figure out. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out that. Oh, but uh, Carlin Charleston is just a guy really that has um, has come to the point in life where he's really about what is God trying to do and how is he trying to use me in this place that we call the world? And so I think that's everybody's ultimate search to find that out. But I think that I've come to this point in life at the, at the age that I am now, I'm 58 years old, where I've begun to understand and I can look back and see the, the fingerprints of God on uh, earlier parts of my life that have brought me to the place where I am now, where I'm running a nonprofit, Erase Race, the American Unity Movement, designed to bring people together. And so it's a unity movement. And I think that's where God definitely has led me to at this point. And as always, I think there are bigger things that God is always preparing us for. But that's where Carlin Charleston is now, trying to understand the next step that God is directing me to. And uh, that's what brought me, has me crossing paths with great people like uh, Build the Bridge podcast and Kingdom Group. So uh, I'm at the point now where I'm just the guy who's trying to take the next step. I have this quote that I make called, uh, faith takes the next step. And that's what all, I'm, all I'm trying to do right now. Thank you, man. That's a good answer. It's not like you were ready for that question already. Uh, I want to just mention the fact that uh, we've gotten to know you since meeting you a little over a year ago, and uh, we thoroughly enjoy our time with you and your wonderful wife, Melanie. Uh, you guys make a superb team, and we just look forward to working more with you in the future. Uh, you talk about you're just a guy who's doing these things that God has uh got you on this mission. So where are you from? You're from uh, what part of Texas? Is that Tumball? Is that correct? Tumball is where I live now. But you know, but I, I grew up in Prairie View, Texas, home of Prairie View A&M University, went to high school and at Waller High School. And Waller County is kind of notorious for uh, some of the things that I do now concerning race, but grew up there in Waller, uh, of course, went to school up at North Texas and Denton, Texas. And then joined the Marine Corps and traveled the world and eventually said, I can't wait after 20 years that I can't wait to get back to Texas. And so I hope back to residing in Texas and just loving life here, uh, settling in Tomball, which is where I came back to, which is northwest part of uh, Houston, a suburb. 
and uh, just really enjoying life. Well, thank you, man, for your service. I heard you uh, say about being a part of the military, especially the Marine Corps. I, I, yes, I just kind of stand at attention when I hear Marine. So <laughs> thank you for your service, man. 20 years, that's a long time. And uh, we thank God for what you guys do for our nation to keep us secure. So thank you. And I'm always saying, when I hear that, I always say my privilege to serve. And I think uh, in the mission that I have now, as I go out and talk to people, and I think if that's one of the points I try to make, if we, we understand our responsibility to serve, we would stop expecting so much from others and we would do more of our part. You touched on a very special point with me. I tell people all the time, first and foremost, I am a servant yes. of God. Uh, before any titles or any other relationships with people, I'm a servant. So thank you for being a fellow servant. <laughs> yeah. uh, as we continue to talk about uh, Erase Race, man, what a very uh, unique organization. Tell us a little bit more about your goals or your vision or the mission that God has given you. Yeah, I was, um, I, you know, it came about, I was, I spent time after the Marine Corps, I said I did 20 years, then I became a, a high school teacher. I was running a JLTC program, and I, my initial uh, program, the school I was in was in Southwest Houston, so more an inner city type school, and of course it was 100% minority, and, and new at teaching, I found some fundamental truths about working with young people. You know, I had, at the time, I had, my daughters were probably eight, nine, 10 years old. And uh, so I was raising them at the same time, dealing with these teenagers. Uh, and then after th I finished that school, I was there for five years. Then I left to go come to Tomball and taught at a school with a totally different demographic, more upper class, uh, middle class, Caucasian, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. had these two divergent worlds. And I realized something very fundamental that they were all the same. <laughs> they were all pretty much the same. And at the same time, I was working on a master's degree program, and I had to do a research project on the concept of race. And it was then that I realized this is not a real thing. It's a social construct. So someone mm -hmm. invented this. Man made this up. Why? And it, like a little kid, I always ask the question, why? Mm -hmm. And that mm -hmm. why led me to a deeper search. And I realized that this thing is much more pernicious and insidious than we've ever really uh, discerned and that somebody's got to do away with this concept that it is the thing that has been plaguing us. And so while we talk a lot about racism and we talk about and we brand people as racist, what we don't understand that we all we can do all of that because we all operate inside this paradigm of this thing called race. And so uh, with God's direction, after so many years, I talked there for, like I said, seven years, and I felt God nudging me before then to get out and you've got to really go do this thing, bring about mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. unity in our society, which, so this is, you know, so by about 2016 is when I actually did that report and did that research. Now, 2018 is when I actually left my job to begin mm -hmm. this nonprofit called Erase Race. And so there was two years where I was arguing with God going, but God, I like this job I've got here and I'm teaching <laughs> young people, this is my ministry, this is who I am. And God was saying, are you going to be obedient? That's why uh, I make that statement yeah. about faith takes the next step. Yes. We don't get all the answers, but we take the next step. And so it brought me to that, this point. And now I've just, I'm really totally engulfed in understanding uh, the issues concerning race and personhood, manhood and uh -huh. servanthood and how this all works together so that we can bring about the unity that we need in our society. 
Amen. You know, it's a blessing. I've heard you say so many things. I really wish you had two or three hours to talk about. Uh, but the big thing I'll take from what you did say is the fact that you worked in two uh, separate environments, uh, two different uh, demographics, and you came back and found out that the bottom line here is that everybody's the same. Yes. Regardless of the color of the exterior, the interior is the same. So I'm sure that that has propelled you a great deal in what you're doing with Erase Race. And I love the second part of that, uh, the American Unity Movement. Something we need right now. Yeah, because there are two parts about that because the race thing at, at its at the very foundation of what it means, it basically means division. So anytime you see race, you re we really should, and that's what I try to articulate to people, think division, think separation, think segregation, think all of those negative things that keep us yep. apart when you see race. And so that's why we needed to emphasize that we're coming with something totally different. We talk about doing away with race, but we've got to come up with something that that is an opposite of that, and that is unity. So we're bringing unity, getting rid of race, bringing unity. Division goes away, unity comes. Amen. You know, I, I was really impressed when we first met you, and I'll talk a little bit about how we got connected. Uh, but one of the things I really love is attacking this whole uh, false narrative of race and trying to help people understand that according to God's perspective on this, we are all just one race, a human race. And as you have gotten this message out, tell us how have you gotten the message out? What do you do? How do you operate? Okay, well, I, I you know, COVID has kind of changed everybody's method of uh, operation. But um, I initially, and when I met Elmo Winters, more than a year ago in Baton Rouge, I was on a 48-state tour, which I was able to complete before COVID because I started in June of 2019, spreading the message that Erase Race, the American Unity Movement, would soon be in your city, organizing, planning, and we were going to conduct activities, and still is part of our plan to conduct activities in your city over the coming years to bring about unity in our country. So this was happening in uh, 2019. So before we had George Floyd, before the era of George Floyd and the things that are happening now, then this was already the plan for us to go out and, and create unity by holding activities in all of these cities. So I'm still on that path. Some of those things are happening via Zoom and other things, but I'm keen that we will launch out with um, nationally so that we can bring about this unity movement that we talk about. Okay, so I want to understand this correctly. When we first met, uh, you left from Houston, the Houston area, and you actually traveled. Your first stop was right here in Baton Rouge, correct? First stop was Baton Rouge, yes, sir. That was God ordained. And it was. At, that, at that point, we connected and we have been connected ever since. From then, you traveled to several other states. Can you share some of those experiences that you had as you did this, what, 48 state, 48 city uh, adventure? 48 states, and it was really phenomenal. I said, one of the things I said that if I had the, uh, if I had millions and millions of dollars, what I would do to solve this problem of unity in the country would be to have everybody travel the states and meet people. <laughs> because I think mm -hmm. that's what it was. I said, if everybody experienced what I experienced in traveling the 48 states, not only would you feel so much better about America, you would feel so much better about people. Amen. Because when we watch, we watch the news and everything and we see kind of the worst of human humankind mm -hmm. on the news. We see mm -hmm. the sensational things and we go, wow, that's really bad. We see abuse, we see uh, theft, we see all these bad things. But man, when you just travel 
and you go and I hate to put a plug in, but you go into a, just a Walmart grocery store, you go into the corner store, you walk yes. down some of these city streets and just meet people. It's just, a, it's just amazing. So I left Baton Rouge and Baton Rouge, it was uh, I think important that Baton Rouge and meeting Elmo Winters signifies something there, which is very special that he was the first person I met on this tour in the first city I hit. But I went from Baton Rouge and did, uh, and went down to the east, uh, the, the southeast corner all the way to Florida and then went up the east coast and came back and then went up to the Midwest and then went to the Northeast and then finished out in California and, and the West Coast and everything. And it was just, it was just a great time to travel and meet the people. I had so many, my wife uh, who pushes me on all this to make sure I'm doing the Amen. right thing. That's she good. was the one who, when I started said, make sure you stop at the iconic uh, racial landmarks across the country. <clears throat> Amen. Mm. Phenomenal from, from Harriet Tubman's home to the um, yeah, desegregation uh, in at Little Rock High School. I mean, mm -hmm. the, the national parks and all these things. I got so much knowledge and I have so much a clearer view of America and not only where we are now, but how we got here. And I think that's one of the things that some of the people miss in the protests, the younger generations, they don't understand the context by which what, from which we came and mm -hmm. how things were, what it took us to get here and where we are now. Everybody can look at where we are now. And I talk about the young people and how they complain about where we are now. They don't really understand where we are in context of how we got here. So it kind of obscures their vision on where we need to go. And so exactly. that's one of the things people my age and your age, we, that's why we need to be in, stand in the gap right now and bridge those two things. You yes. living through some of that stuff, understanding that getting a historical context and then passing it to this new generation is a responsibility mm -hmm. that we have. And so that's something that we hope to do too with the Erase Race. Very good. I am excited about your tour that you made. And every time we get together, I love to hear some of the stories that you share. You were traveling in a special vehicle, and I'm sure that caused some people to uh, kind of gravitate towards you or ask you questions or got their attention. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, my goodness. It was uh, and I, I, so many stories. I'll give you this one. I, I was I was in Philadelphia. And I go into the Walmart. Boy, I'm talking about Walmart a lot. They're going to have to start sponsoring me. Uh, so I, I'll go into the Walmart. I come back out. And typical, because I had this in several places. Sometimes people come out. They leave notes on the car if, wherever I was parked. And they would say, you know, mm -hmm. I like what you're doing. Or let's talk about this. And sometimes they give me an email or a phone number. And I talk to those people. But this one particular lady uh, came out. And it was interesting because uh, she had on her, her uh, Black Lives Matter earrings. And um, she was standing at my van, her arms were folded in the sunset. And her first thing she said was, tell me what this is about. And she said <laughs> it kind of that way. And I, it was, uh, and I, you know, and having had to have so many of these conversations with people who were skeptical, questioning, then I've learned the first thing you do in any conversation is you disarm them and let them know, we're going to have this conversation. And by the end, we're going to love each other. And so that's Amen. kind of my tactic Amen. that I use. And uh, so I did that with her and I said, okay, well, let me explain. Uh, and so as I began to talk, I realized that she had a more, a deeper knowledge than most people on the history of how we got to race. Mm, and mm. so I was able to confirm some of those historical points and clarify some things that she did not have. And she appreciated that. And by the end she said, Oh, 
yeah, I, she said, I definitely support what you're doing. And she mm -hmm. was on my team and, uh, and I didn't, I never made reference to her Black Lives Matter earrings, but she said, well, I, I mean, I do, I, I mean, I like Black Lives Matter, but I understand what you're saying and I'm really with that, you know? Okay. So it was good. good. It was good to have that conversation. And I think that's what we got to do. And that's one of the aims of our organization is to, uh, to speak long enough, speak in a way that you can further yes. the conversation. You yes. know, in this cancel culture, everybody wants to stop the conversation. And that's the last thing we need. We Absolutely. really need to further the conversation. And you do that with a sense of poise, tact, and respect for the person you're talking to. So that's yeah. one good story. Man, I got so many of those. And people pass me. I mean, yesterday I had to go do the radio program downtown. And ever, as I drive, People give me thumbs up or they wave and things like that. It's just, yeah, so it's pretty cool. And what is it What is it about your vehicle, though, that makes them uh, do oh, that? What wrapped. catches their attention? I got graphics. It's wrapped, and it says, uh, unity through service and love for all mankind, erase race, the American unity movement. It's got our logos, our graphics on it. It's totally wrapped. And so when people look at it, first they're, we're driving, and when my wife gets in the car, she forgets she's in my van. And she's always going, why are they looking at us? I was like, ma'am, we're in the van. <laughs> you know, people <laughs> yeah. look at us and they, uh, they first want to know what it's about, but then they, most of them get the message pretty quickly that, oh, because, and when I was traveling across the country too, I actually did a thing where even on some of the windows, I took the shoe polish and put, you know, we are one race, one race, mm -hmm. human race and mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. to add to it. So, mm -hmm. so people get the message and they, they like it. Having ridden in this vehicle before, I can tell you, it is definitely a moving billboard and it will catch mm -hmm. your attention. And it did catch ours when we first met. So I really thank God for you. Those of you who are listening to us right now, as you've heard Carlin speak thus far, I'm sure you can understand why we are connected. We're all about unity. Mm -hmm. uh, I make it clear to people that we don't necessarily focus on racism or systemic racism. We focus on unity. We believe that the most important thing we can do now is to bring people together. So we find ourselves actually what I call tearing down these barriers and building bridges that cross uh, cultural lines, ethnicities, denominations, and everything else that separates us. So I'm so thankful to have uh, Carlin with us today. Now, I want to continue with you, uh, Carlin, as we talk about the race race, the American unity movement. Uh, again, uh, I just, I'm glad God brought us together. And I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in the providence of God. So how did we connect? What brought you? I know you came to Baton Rouge, but how did we make this connection? That was phenomenal. Um, we had been doing work many years prior to, we had done some work. Um, I used to teach character education is what I call my courses in high school. And so through that character education work, I kind of was gravitating towards anyone working in character. And that's how I met up with uh, Jonine Rees, who was running an organization called Reconciliation Eagles. And she was talking extensively about character. And she had a program in Hempstead, Texas called uh, character cities or something like that they were they were building character programs for cities mm -hmm. so i was working her, with her on some of the character uh issues then that was many years ago many many years ago and we hadn't heard from the reason in a few years we'd been out doing our thing i was teaching i was doing all these other things so i hadn't talked to the reason in a while and they called us one day out of the blue and wanted to take my wife and i to to dinner and we said okay cool 
All right. So yeah, we haven't seen them in a long time. It'd be great to meet them. We go to dinner at this restaurant and I've already got this mission that we're going to go out and hit Baton Rouge and I'm going to tour and do all these things. And so before I even say that to her, before I tell her that that's what we're doing, we're sitting there talking and she says, I have a contact that I want you to meet in Baton Rouge. <laughs> and so here's his information and it's Elmo Winters and, uh, You'll meet him and, you know, and he'll probably have some other contacts for you and you need to, you need to talk to him. So this was out of the blue. We hadn't talked to them in years. Now I'm leaving in less than a month to go yeah. to Baton Rouge. Uh -huh. And I've heard, you remember my, my line, faith takes the next step. Yes. All I heard was God say, go. Amen. That's Amen. all I knew was that we were going to go. And I'd actually talked to my small staff about this. Some of them, some of them were hesitant because they said, we haven't done this. We haven't done that. I said, but God said, go. Amen. And uh, so for her to say, here's your point of contact. So we're headed to Baton Rouge. We don't know where we're going. Mm -hmm. So for her to come on the scene, call us to dinner. We haven't talked to her in years now. Correct. Correct. And for her to say, here's a contact. He's in Baton Rouge. Then my wife and I turned to each other and our eyes just lit up and we were like, hey. And since then, so this has been really a faith building exercise Amen. where I've begun to really take a deeper walk with God and, and, and trusting him. I, used to, I told people, I said, I thought I always lived in faith because I've been a Christian for a long time. But, and I thought that faith was just, you know, making sure you, you pray, you read your Bible and you, you trust God, this blanket, mm -hmm. trust God. Mm -hmm. trust, is a, trust is a thing that you can do out of faith when you don't know, when you don't have all the answers. Right. Exactly. I was trusting when I had the money, I had the access, <laughs> I had all this. But when yeah. you don't know and you don't have these things, yeah. that's a serious faith walk. And so that's how I got Elmo. And I tell you what, and all those connections, when God does some of those things, my wife and I call it the God hookup. Because mm -hmm. when God hooks it up, it's a hookup for sure. And it's a Amen. perpetual hookup and it continues to grow. And so that's what's happening with Elmo. I mean, we find out we're brothers in so many ways. And, you know, yes. we won't give them, we'll get t-shirts made that show us, show how we're brothers. And so I won't Amen. bring up our, our name, our brand that we're going to use. <laughs> not, not right now, but I can tell you one thing you said that I hear from my wife all the time. She says, Every, everybody knows Elmo. Doesn't matter where we go. Uh, years ago, we were in Israel. We met somebody there all over the planet. Everybody knows Elmo. So when you came to Baton Rouge, you know, there was this kindred spirit immediately uh, that we sensed that God was putting this together. And from that point, uh, we've been able to connect you with other brothers throughout the South. And uh, we just thank God for the connection that he is making with all of us for his work. I emphasize for his work. You know, as I, I, I read some things about you here, there's an interesting statement you make uh, regarding uh, what practical solutions uh, for life can you offer uh, that a, a person can take uh, immediate action on? What can you suggest to people that they can do right now where they are to be a part of the solution and not the problem? Okay. Yeah. One of the key things that everybody can do is, is learn to talk to each other. Uh, we have this process that we have called rules for dialogue. And uh, I think that's so important that we learn to talk to each other because like I was saying about this cancel culture, everyone stops the conversation. And that's why we have these disconnects in our country right now, mm -hmm. because we, instead of continuing the conversation and I tell people, I said, talk until you agree, <laughs> you know, yes. doesn't mean we agree on everything, but if you, if you build a relationship and talk long enough, 
you will find out there are some things that we can agree upon, but uh, we don't yes. do that. And so one of the big things that we do is we talk about the, the requirement to build effective relationships. Mm -hmm. And you do that through, through the dialogue. And yes. if we can't learn to talk to each other, we'll never be able to walk with each other. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to learn. To, so, so much of the work that we do is going out and we try to do that. We try to not only model that, but we try to give people the, the, the techniques and tactics necessary to be able to do that and begin hearing people where they couldn't hear them before right. and talking to people where they couldn't talk to them before so that we can, in fact, build the relationships that are going to be necessary. All of the strife that we're facing in our country right now is due to the fact that we've stopped listening to each other. We mm, begin to mm. characterize people based on what we've heard about them, what yes. we've thought about them. Mm -hmm. We don't yes. get that from what they've told us about themselves because we don't talk to each other that way. And exactly. so that's what we've got to do. And I think those are the most practical steps and that can happen at every level, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your business, your church, your company, across the spectrum. If we could get that happening, you'd see a change in the, uh, the atmosphere in our society. You'd see a lot more respect, love and caring than you see now. It's remarkable you brought up some things that play right into what we do. And again, uh, this is a God thing, a God hookup. God connected us. Uh, we've been promoting uh, up to this point the men's unity breakfast. And I have encouraged people to understand that this is not a quick fix. And there are actually four phases. And the very first phase of the men's unity breakfast that will cause a, a successful change in society is what we call dynamic dialogue. And this is where people come together to hear and be heard. And notice I said to hear and be heard. It's not about you talk, 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 but you come to hear another story and to be heard. And from that point, we believe it will eventually build or lead into building relationships. And I'm sure you found that to be effective as well in the work that you all are doing. Oh, my goodness. When you say... I mean, now that has a whole new meaning for me. When you say stories, hear someone's story. Mm -hmm. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness. That yeah. is so fundamental. If we can uh, hear people's stories and then I, I tell you what, because by listening to, to someone's story, then they're ready to hear yours. That's good. And that's Very what good. builds it because when we begin to exchange stories and see, that's one of the things about race. And that's why I'm so anti-race mm -hmm. because race says this. Mm -hmm. He says, if your skin color is this way, I know your story. Mm -hmm. No, you right. don't know my story because no, you of don't. my skin color. You no. think you do. And it right. puts all, and it also dictates to people that when I put you in this box, you all have the same story. And yeah. so some people fit into that. You, you know, you, you probably heard us say before the people of the darker skin, darker skin persuasion who would say, uh, I'm going to take away your race, your, your black card. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. It's yeah. that thing that puts you in the box and says, you belong in this box and everybody that has your skin color belongs in this box. And we now know how you all think in this box so we can respond to you as a box Correct. and not as the individual that you are. Uh, this one guy I, I, I'm, uh, I do work with, he says there's 7.8 billion people in the country and mm -hmm. we're all individual and we all have the different story. There are 7.8 billion stories in the world. Yes, uh, country. I meant world. Seven point yeah. eight billion in the world. Mm -hmm. and everyone has a different story. So think right. about that. You know, you're touching on something that's very special to me because I believe everyone has at least a story. And it's not until we hear each other's story that we can start to understand and relate to and appreciate where people are. Uh, Carl, I've seen it. 
time after time uh, again we've seen it in the men's unity breakfast where we bring together the diverse guys black guys white guys hispanic asian and we sit them together at a table and allow them to answer questions that reveal who they are not what race but who they are individually and you know i'm proud i'm very proud that god has caused change to happen in over 60% of these men who have stayed with our program to better understand where people are coming from. And until we learn to do this, we will do just what you eloquently explained a moment ago. I look at a white guy, I know his story. I know he doesn't like me. I know he doesn't <laughs> care for me. I know he's a racist and so on. Never heard his story. Mm -hmm. So very, so, so wonderful. So I thank God for you, man. You are doing a fantastic work. It's just that we need to do this thing faster. We need to do it. Uh, <laughs> there's an urgent call for this right now. Anything else you'd like to share with people who might be willing to get involved? Let's say people want to contact your uh, organization, Erase Race. What can you tell them how they can do that? Yeah, there, there are lots of ways to do that. You can get involved at every level. You know, of course, we would, people would always say first, uh, you can donate financially, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but, and the reality is that, you know, these organizations, we need money to be able to facilitate some of the things that we do. But I tell you what, we really want you to hear the things that we're talking about and sign up because we think the ideological change is the one that will drive the financial change. I mean, we rather have you change your ideology, your belief about people, then, then just give us money and continue on with your same thoughts. So, but you could do that. Go out to our website, eraseraces.com. You can go out, you can buy gear, buy the merchandise, and you can look at and see some of the pictures of our Unity van out there and see that you can market that because that's a conversation piece in itself. And if you yes. really like to dialogue, yes. you can use that as an opportunity to begin the dialogue. Further than that, we are beginning to host some online forums. If you'd like to just come and air your story, because that's one of the things that we're going to try to create an atmosphere where people can basically tell their stories as, as Elmo said, it, you know, to hear and be heard. Mm -hmm. And so that we're going to try to uh, provide a forum for you to do that. You can do that. And if you'd even like to volunteer, because we're building a national network and we've yes. got cities around the country where we're going to try to build a network of people who can go out and support some of the things that we're talking about doing both uh, via, via media, and, and some, and some in-person things where you might have to go and drop off flyers or things like that. So there are lots of ways to get involved. And if you want to do that, just go to eraseraces.com. Look at us at Facebook at Erase Races or Twitter at Erase Races and just contact us and we'll begin to uh, dialogue with you. Great. One of the things I love about you, man, is that you are a doer. You don't just sit around and plan and strategize. You get out there and you do it. Uh, every time I sit with you, I'm so encouraged and motivated to let's get going. Let's get something done. <laughs> you, you're also on the radio. Is that correct? Are there radio yes, stations? Sir. Yes, sir. Um, so we've got a, uh, man, we do a weekly show. I got a weekly radio show here in Houston on the local radio station, 1540 AM, 10 o'clock every Tuesday morning called Talk About Unity, where I co-host a show 
with a pastor of the River of Praise Church, Richard Jennings, a great friend of mine. We went to the same high school and everything. And so when I, I said, we've got to do this thing, we got to model unity. And so I went and got him. And so we try to do that on our show. We bring up topics and we discuss them. We often have guests and we've, we're trying to schedule to get Elmo Winters as one of our guests. So as soon as he commits and says, yes, I'll be there on a Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., we'll have him as yes. a guest on the show. Yes. But it's uh, called Talk About Unity. So we've got that. I've got two weekly shows, that and our uh, a weekly Facebook Live with the Wayne Carden Show. He's one of my staff members out in California. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of, like I said, we're trying to cover the entire country. And eventually I'll get back out in the Unity van and be able to do that. In the meantime, we're doing that via the media. I hear rumors that you're going to be back in the Unity van sometime soon. Is that correct? Uh, well, Going you know, across kinda, the nation? I'm kind of always in the uni Unity van. You know, just like <laughs> when I came to see you last weekend over in Baton yeah. Rouge. Yeah. You know, and so as, as things avail themselves and there are some some offices that we're setting up in some of the uh, some states, uh, Indianapolis, uh, we're trying to get a chapter there in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And so there are some places that I'll have to go. Uh, and then I want the opportunity whenever I go to Indianapolis, my daughter's in Tennessee. So I always try to Wonderful. stop in and see her and my grandson right. and, and son-in-law. So I'm, I'm kind of always moving, but COVID has slowed me down somewhat. Otherwise, I would have been gone a lot more. COVID mm -hmm. has slowed me down, but nevertheless, we're still doing some of these things virtually and still connecting on the forums. And I think it's a good, been a good time for us to get the dialogue happening so that I can understand more about people and, and some of the different stories we've got. Because I've heard some really great stories and trying to find a way to chronicle some of those things, because I think people would be amazed at some of the stories that people tell that we wouldn't get uh, because of race. Well, I'm the guy who believes in writing books, so I'm going to be encouraging you, put it in a book, all the experiences, put it in a book. Let's get a book out there. Uh, people need to know about the good experiences in America. Uh, I take offense for the, uh, those who talk about how horrible this country is, how it's been so bad to black people and all, and having traveled the world, I, I will correct people in a heartbeat and say, look, I, I love my country, this is where I want to live, this is where God has me planted, this is where I plan to stay, and meeting somebody like you is just, uh, it serves as a catalyst to what we are doing. Now, before I let you go, I want to have some fun with you, okay? Just some fun stuff, all right? Uh, you told me a little bit about yourself, uh, you're married to the lovely Melanie, we thank God for her. Uh, she's a sweetheart, and without her, you wouldn't be nothing, correct? That's right, she's the brains of this outfit. I know that's right. And uh, your family, you, you have children, your children. Yes. Yes. We got uh, two daughters. We got two daughters, one son and an adopted son. He's uh, the one from Ghana. Oh, and okay. so, yeah. Great. And uh, I, of course, in my family, I'm one of uh, six siblings, you know, mm -hmm. uh, our mom passed a few years ago. My, my dad is still alive at 92. 92. So, uh, yeah. so yeah, we're pretty, so I'm pretty family oriented. Very good. I got a question for you that uh, I just need to ask you about. Uh, how did you get your bald head? I want to hear that story. Because, <laughs> you know, I too have the bald head and we bald head guys, it's like a fraternity. So yes. how well, did you get the bald head? And the story is that, that uh, you know, Emma and I are long lost brothers. And so that's why we look so similar, you know, with the bald head and everything else. Like that's, he's my long lost big brother. Yes. But yeah, mine came about, you know, uh, mine, mine came about the natural way. I started balding very early, which is okay. like something I, I didn't realize till I kind of 
started doing my DNA stuff and looking at pictures of my grandfather, father on my mom's side, it was totally bald. And people would talk about, yeah, you look like Papa, you know? <laughs> and so I was losing my hair early and I tried to uh, hang on to it for a while there. And I was like, I gave up and said, yeah. you know, Michael Jordan has made this cool now. So let me go know, ahead yes, and start shaving. Yes. So about, I don't know, about 98, 97, 98, 1990. Since then, I just started just shaving it. And so, and it's been pretty cool. Because at first, my head looked kind of strange. But, the, mm -hmm. but after a while, I don't know. I think just, I don't know. After the hair was all gone, that's why the head rounded out. So it's yeah. okay now. <laughs> well, we, we have been told. I've heard people say, uh, God made a lot of heads and uh, only the perfect ones. He didn't put hair on them. Ah. So we, we got the bald heads. We got the perfect head. Yeah. yeah. And not only for me, though, I tell people all the time, I don't have, I don't grow any hair head, face, anywhere, because it makes me look about 10 years younger. So I thank God for that, okay? <laughs> Carlin, it has been my joy. Man, it has been a blessing to have gotten to know you. Uh, I just thank God, man, for God crossing our paths and got us on this journey together. And I pray he'll give us plenty of time to do this work together. Uh, I trust him and what he's doing in your work and us together. I want to leave a few minutes here in this time of interviewing to um, uh, interviewing you to see if there's any other uh, messages that you have or some encouraging words you can provide. Uh, I just thank God for your wisdom, man. I mean, you have the wisdom of a guy much older. So thank God for that. So take it away. Take the time you need to just share some thoughts as God gives them to you. Well, you know, as I talk about relationships and I really understand that, uh, and I tell people this all the time now because I'm beginning to really understand what God is doing in my life. And when people say things like you just said about me having wisdom, uh, and I've heard people say that before, and I realize that it's not wisdom from me, it's wisdom from hanging out with people like Elmo. I mean, really. And I, and I began to gravitate towards people because, I mean, and, you know, ultimately we, I could easily say it's God's wisdom. But God has put people here for us to connect with, and they are a, such a valuable resource. And so as I've grown older in my life, I've begun to realize the value of that. Like I said, my 92-year-old dad, I'm, I mean, that is such, there's such value in that and, and understanding. Now, my dad doesn't have the breadth of, of international relationships that I have with people around the globe, but, but his depth of the human situation is very valuable and if you can just, and so when I go over and I stay with him on Sunday nights and sit down and talk to him and begin asking him questions, it's very valuable. So I see the value in all people. And so when I run across an Elmo, it's not like I'm just meeting Elmo and going, hey Elmo, well, if you can't give me any money, I'm out of here. You can't help me out, I'm out of here. Right. There's right. so much to be gained uh, from the connections and in all the relationships that I have. And that's one of the things I talk about when, when people are out in the streets protesting, whether it's Black Lives Matter or Antifa or any of these other organizations, I don't think they understand that, you know, even people who talk about how we've been, how we, how there's white privilege and all these other things, they don't understand that we have the most valuable thing in the relationships that we build. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that prevents us from doing that except ourselves. Mm -hmm. And if we can see that, man, 
we we've got the ultimate privilege, and I think that's the case. And and the other thing is, I think uh, meeting people like you, Elmo, is most amazing to me because, as you said, people who go out and do the work. Because there are a lot of people talking about doing the work. There are a lot of yes. people saying yes. what that so and so needs to be done. But yeah. there are a few who have put their hand to the plow. And yes. I think what you do in your podcast, and not just your podcast, but from Kingdom Group, the fact that all of this stuff preceded the events of today. Mm-hmm. You got Absolutely. all this stuff happening, these bad things, and many people are reacting. But those who really feel the call have already been working. You've been, yes. we've been laboring in the vineyard. We've been out there laboring. And so this is not, we're not reacting. We've already been mm-hmm. proactive. And so I like the name of your uh, podcast because this bridge, we, we're building a bridge. We're, we're building yes. a connection between people. And that's what's going to make the difference. The work that we do in building the relationships. And that's how we bring about unity in this country. And that's what we're both committed to. And that's how we'll make it happen. Thank you, Carlin, for those uh, kind words. And I, I thank God Almighty that, uh, you know, the Bible says that if we seek wisdom, uh, we need to ask of God. And I thank God Almighty that he's been gracious to provide uh, some degree of wisdom in what we're doing. Uh, I'm hearing of late, a lot of people talk about the wisdom that uh, that we have. And again, I just always want to point the glory on and praise to God. Uh, we have been uh, doing ministry now for over 43 years. And I believe along the way, we probably learned a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we're, we're thankful that through this podcast, we're able to reach out to uh, many people, m- many of which I will never meet, but their lives are touched. And you and I talk the same language. I'm convinced that God has called us to love people right where they are. And I tell people all the time, they don't have to love me back. Uh, love like Jesus. That's what's so very important. So I, I just thank you, man, for being who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. And uh, thank God for the connection that we have made together. Thank you for having me on Build the Bridge podcast. It's been awesome. Amen. Well, folks, you heard it from the man himself. Carlin Charleston of Erase Race, the American Unity Movement. It's real. It's a real movement that's happening. It's going to probably be in your city before too long, but I promise you, you will be hearing more and more about what he is doing. And we're praying that God would open up hearts, open up minds, and open up uh, purses or uh, 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 checkbooks or something so people can support what we are doing. Can you imagine what, what kind of money it might take folks to take a van all over the United States? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not an electric van. It's not one of those hybrids. <laughs> it's a real car and it takes gas. And always there's a place uh, for what uh, we are doing. So we thank God for you being with us today. We thank God for uh, those of you who comment and I welcome your comments. In fact, I want you to know you can reach me easily by emailing elmo at kingdomgroup.co. Send me your comments. Send me your questions. I want to know what you think, especially about this interview today and about our dear brother, over in Tomball, Texas. God bless you. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for divine connections. We thank you, God, for what you are doing in the heavenly realm that is finding its place in the earthly realm. We thank you, dear God, that there are those who truly have a heavenly or a kingdom message for this hour. 
we know from your word, your will is that we be unified, that we be one. You told us that numerous times throughout the word of God. And Lord God, today, I thank you for my dear brother who has stood with us and will continue to stand with us to take the message throughout the world that God loves us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Lord, we pray for the ministry of Erase Race. We pray that every need is met and that doors will be opened, that God, you would be glorified through everything that's done. Lord, we praise you. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Until the next time, Alma Winters signing out with the Building the Bridge podcast. God bless.